In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. Because you know it's on. It's on. Well, this is part two of Michael Vick. The human highlight reel. This is his words, yeah. and then also being on the other Just side. Just knowing what we know about him. No, 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 you, you may know it. I've witnessed it. <laughs> Right, I've seen it. You got you got a I got a first sideline pass. Man, I, I got post dramatic stress about it right now. Right. He's still gliding across He's that still, field right now. I can gliding. see him. Now you're gonna hear about Michael Dwayne mm. Vick. The man. The man, the husband, the father. What he learned about himself and what he learned about playing a game. Yeah. It's remarkable. It's a lot of it's some nuggets up in there. I'm talking about nugget dropping, mic dropping, everything. Um, Can't wait for you guys to hear it. But it's less about ball. It's more about the person. I've always struggled with trusting people overall. So I can't even imagine, you know, what you've gone through. How do you filter friends now and, ha- and, and, you know, and how it's changed? Yeah in those ways after going through everything you went through? I, I, I try to um, just not have a lot of friends. I try to just keep my circle small. Like, uh, I got a lot of respect for, you know, especially my peers, like like you and Danny and Thomason and, and Drew Brees and guys, you know, from my draft and draft class, guys I played with, guys who I respect so much. You know, and I, and I, you know, guys, not saying that you got to be successful because I can meet somebody at a charity event and, and have a good relationship with them from yeah. afar. But I try to center myself around, you know, people who, who think like me, who, you know, uh, don't have the same walk of life, might not be in the same walk of life, but, you know, we kind of experience the same things and we know what life is all about and the importance of family and, and, and things that really matter, you know. So, you know, I, I feel like those are the more relatable people and those are the people who kind of, you know, help keep me on my dean when, when I 
when I could be slipping a little bit because you know we all none of us are perfect. You know we all just you know iron shopping iron. What are, the, what are the core values you look for in a friendship? And when do you know you need to leave a friendship? You give them time. Like, it's going to be things that's going to happen where, you know, decisions going to have to be made or somebody's going to have to side with one another or just call out what's really real or what's right. And if that person can't do that, you know, and just in the smallest of situations, make a decision that you like, man, thanks for having my back on this because you know I was right and you know I'm not wrong. That's when you know you got a good friend when they're going to mm-hmm. step up and do what's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, in mm-hmm. situations like, Steve, yep. I, I know you, Steve. Like, I, I can tell you, probably tell you something. And, like, if it don't make no sense, I can I can almost expect 98% of the time, you can be like, yo, what the hell are you talking about? Like, <laughs> Pretty cool. much, Mike. <laughs> like, like or, or, or if I gave you a scenario, and was like, man, what you think about this? I did this, he did that. Who Like, who was right? Just with your eyes closed. If you... If you tell me the answer I'm looking for, I'm like, yo, that's a good friend. Not because it's not, not because I'm your boy, because it's like you telling me the truth, whether good or bad. I'm like, yo, mm. that's a good friend. But I just been around people who just couldn't do that as a late friends and family, and, and it's hurtful. And I've learned to walk away from those people because those are the type of people that can hurt you. That's yep. one thing I've learned. Everybody can't go with you. Yep. That, that one's a hard one to learn that everybody can't go with you. Man, that's some good. Yeah. I'm. I'm sitting next to you, G. I know. That was good. Say what now? I said, that was pretty good. That is, but it's true, though. You, you, and, and you have to go through it by trial and error. All right, let, let's – we always have this segment called Let's Talk Ball. So I was listening to um, Romani Jones' podcast that you did back in tw- 2015. And I heard uh-huh. you say in 2010 – this is why you, this is when you were still playing with the Philadelphia Eagles at the time. Is when right. you finally put everything together. Yeah. And I I heard you say that and I I mouthed the word that I will not repeat on this podcast. <laughs> Bro, like what is Mike Vick's standard? Because Man. Bro, standard, years beforehand. I'm standing on the other <laughs> sideline watching you play. And you saying you just in 2010 getting it to get you just figuring it out? Then what was you doing Man. prior to that? Because the show looked like you had it figured out. Bro, I remember that game, the I'm back game where you broke your ankle. Remember the, the uh, Madden curse? He broke his ankle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. A dang. They had who they have? Samuel Jackson. He's back. They had to make they had folks at McDonald's talking about he's back. And that's yeah. that's that was the game where you uh, oh, yeah, you scrambled around. Back. And I'm exaggerating, but he literally dove in from the 30 and hovered. <laughs> Just kind of glided. <laughs> right right on 30 yards. <laughs> from the 30. <laughs> he was like, I know his knee touched the ground. I know it. Man, we ran that instant replay. Uh-huh. We ran that replay. Yeah. Looked at it. Went under the hood. Uh-huh. Yeah. He didn't. He did. His <laughs> kneecap didn't touch. The boy, look, there was Moses. No, oh, who walked on water? I mean, I know Jesus walked on water, but who? Peter. That was Peter. Peter, yeah. Peter came out Peter. on water with Jesus, right? He said, don't look down. Yeah. And there's Michael Vick, <laughs> who hovered <laughs> over the turf. And made it. I made it. You made it. By the skin of my teeth, man. But, but. Good times. Good times. But yet, your own words, you didn't even have, you didn't put it all together. Bro, no. Walk I me. Was... Get, get me to understand how rookie of the year, Madden cover, Madden cover yep. Pro Bowls, yep. you know, just doing all the stuff you were doing, 902 yards in one season, right? 6,000 yards thousand, rushing. 1,000 yard rushing season. 1,000 yard rushing season. And yet you yep. have no idea what you're doing out there? Yeah, so, so I, I'll say, look, I, I had an understanding of the game. So I, I understand, I understood our offense. I understood what we was trying to accomplish. You know, I understood, you know, the, the whole single high, two high, you know, how to beat this coverage and how to beat that coverage. But, I, you know, when I had Dan Reeves, um, you know, Dan forced me to look at certain things on defense and, and watch this guy and watch this guy and, you know, um, look out for this defense. So I was starting to, like, seriously get into the X's and O's and, like, really learn our offense and piece it together. So so this is what I, uh, I know 
because I was young. And as I think about this, this is why when I got to Philly, I really didn't know nothing. And this could be a lesson for, you know, coaches to young quarterbacks in the league as, you know, stop changing offenses and change offensive coordinators, let a guy grow. So Dan was starting to teach me how to, you know, six and seven man fronts and protections and how to how we protected our offense. So I'm in this offense for two and a half years and then Dan gets fired in my third year, you know. So now, you know, I'm like, got to go off what we got the last three games of the season. And now it's a new coach coming in teaching different rules and different principles and a whole new offense. So now I got to learn the whole offense. I got to learn what this offense entails and what we're trying to do in this West Coast system. And then I got to get back to learning defenses and how to piece these defenses with what we're trying to do to, to get the best of what we're trying to do in the offense. So in trying to do that, it's like, you know, things not going right sometimes. And now I'm using my natural instincts. I'm running. And that part of my game was coming out more because I'm just unsure. You know, and I got, you know, I got weeks to, you know, put it all together. We constantly add new stuff. It's constantly new defenses that we got to see. I think that was around the time, like, Steve, you'll remember when the zero blitz was starting, like, 0405, it was starting yeah. to show up. Like, yo, what is this? And how do you beat it? So, that's what we drafted Thomas Davis. They drafted Thomas Davis right. to sh literally to shadow Michael. To spy him. To no, not Look, spy. To shadow. Like to mimic. Shadow. Break, yes. Break he, that down what the difference uh, is. So the yeah. difference was shadow. Madden players like myself are probably used to I mean, to the, the, word, spy. The, the, yeah. the word is spy or shadow, but here's the thing. Yeah. Your job was to, wherever number seven is. You go. You go. Kind of like what yeah. a tradition, a true lockdown corner is. Mm -hmm. A true lockdown yeah. corner is. I talk about Champ Bailey. If I if I drove my car, mm -hmm. Champ would be the parking attendant, right? That's that's. Mm -hmm. And Thomas' mm -hmm. assignment was, I don't care what Algie Cumpler does, I don't care what ABC does. Your job is to keep up because Thomas was really really fast. Of course, to yeah. keep up with Michael Vick, wow. wherever yep. Vick go. You go. Wow. Well, coach, he's drinking water. Well, why are you not next to him? <laughs> go, go get him. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that's what it was. And, and he did it. He did, he did it. it well but too. but yet, it well. Vic what, one or two plays playing mm -hmm. us because we're so much, we knew each other. Playing inside your division twice a year, you know, you know, it is almost, you can utilize information against each other because it's like playing against your brother. You know his yeah. tendencies. Oh, well, yeah. I know they're going to they gonna do a sprint right option, but Vic is left-handed, so they're going to do a sprint left option. But every yeah. West Coast coach is going to run a sprint left or sprint right option. It's yep. in the playbook. While all this is happening with Thomas Davis and the Panthers getting better, and they end up beating us in 06. I think they beat us twice, if I'm not mistaken. Um you know, I'm I'm learning, trying to learn all these all these offensive plays and trying to learn this offense why teams are getting better and that's why by the time I got to Philly, I felt like I was starting all over again and I just started to put it together because I had that year time with Donovan to learn that system, put it all in place, and then that year two I was much more mature. I was ready to take on those challenges of what Dan instilled in me and I was able to kind of play catch up. But yeah, so that was. That's why I was like, man, I knew pretty much knew I was playing off. I knew nothing. I, I, now, you know, I'm I'm ready and I can look better in the passing game, and I was able to flourish a little bit. So, so it's safe to say, is in early in your career, you were playing from the shoulders down, and when you got and when you when you were in Philly, you learned how to play from the shoulders up. Yep, that's correct. I was playing shoulders down, but mentally, I was just I was using my vision, mm. using my vision to make decisions. Athleticism, you know, um, and, yeah, and athleticism to bail us out. You know, to to, to be, you know, dynamic and and just keep the chains moving. I just yeah. say that. I was just yeah. And then I mean, when I got true. to Philly, yeah. yeah, when I got to Philly, I'm like, man, you know, it's they gonna let me pass the ball here. I got to learn the passing game. This is fun. Andy like to throw it. I got I to gotta, I gotta show him that I can handle the responsibilities. I can handle the responsibility of, of you know, running the offense. So how mentally tough do you have to be playing quarterback in the NFL? Man, you got to be willing to get hit. 
Like you gotta that night before the game, you gotta go into this game knowing that look, I got a lot of responsibilities. My biggest responsibility is showing toughness, hanging in that pocket, and getting the ball out to my receivers. You know who who bust their tails all week long. You know running routes and trying to you know understand how to beat their you know their opposition. Like I'm gonna hang in there and I'm gonna do whatever I need to do. I'm gonna show the grit and hopefully everybody else will follow. So. You just got to be mentally tough in the mind and know, like, and I'm not gonna let the, the defense defeat me because they hit me. You know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, earn my stripes and let my put my pride to the side, and I'm gonna hang in here and I'm, a, I'm gonna be tough about it. And, and that's what, that's what you got to go into the game, knowing that you're gonna do. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say it, but I want to. I always want to ask this to a quarterback. Man, do you think it's do you think it's fair or unfair that most quarterbacks are thrusted into that you know token the the, the franchise quarterback mm-hmm. or the the person the that figurehead for the every organization? Yeah. So so when they they put that stamp on you, man, the franchise quarterbacks because we drafted you number one. Like we when the team drafted you number one, they drafted you in that position to say, look, you're going to be playing in the next six months to a year. And, and we we expect you to live up to our expectations and hopefully yours. And when they say franchise quarterback, they do it to put pressure, you know, on that guy and that make him feel what being a face of a franchise is going to be like. They're going to put that onus on you. They're going to put that tag on your back so you can wear it proudly. And uh, I, I think, in the, in especially your rookie year, that's when you like, you, you like you, you come in, you learning, and you seeing like how everything works, and you know how you practice, how you you know how the games you play, how you travel. Yeah. And then you just continue to grow. You you continue to grow, and then by year two, you should be like, All right, I'm ready to take this thing over. I want this to be mine. And like my first year, I wasn't. I felt like I wasn't ready until like the second to the last game of the season, where things finally slowed down for me. And I was able to go out there and just react and play. Had a good game. I, I, Chris Chandler went down and hurt his elbow. And I went in and we almost beat the Dolphins. And then I, my last game of my rookie year, I had to play against the greatest show on turf, you know, in, in St. Louis. Mm. And, you know, I, I put on a good showing. We didn't win the game, but I put on a good showing. And by, by that time, like, you know, my, my chin was up. Like, you know, I'm ready to run this franchise, you know, if I if – I, if they have to make some changes next year, I'm going to be ready. But, um, you know, so I, I'm speaking from experience how, you know, I felt and the, the, the pressure that was put on me, but I was, I was ready for it. I accepted it. Mike, I heard the excitement in your voice when you first came on. You and Smitty both played in the NFC South at its inception. So would you please give me some really good Steve Smith stories, oh. Mike? Look, man, let me tell you. The good ones. The good See, ones, Mike. Don't don't give don't yeah, give nah, me nah, the skimp I'm, over. I'm I want the nah, good nah. Smitty stories. So, so man, man, Steve, we we because we played on you know opposite teams, we we you know, professionally we never really each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so so I I'm gonna tell you what I just didn't like about Steve. I'm like, yo, this dude is so good, right? You know what I uh-huh. mean? But he he rub it in though. No, I mean like, yo, that's part of his game. Like, yeah, it, but. Because I couldn't be that way. I couldn't be like on an emotional high all the time. You know what I'm saying? So, like Steve, like slowly became that guy. You know what I'm saying? I think after like year two, and year two, like you, you was that dude. And year three, and I'm like, yo, he doesn't emerge as a true number one, but he tough as hell. You know what I'm saying? So, like I'm, I'm. What stands out is just this, the touchdown celebration dances, like and. You know, I can't remember them all, but it was like a plethora of a bunch of good ones. And I was like, yo, his swag is different. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like that's what that's what carried the team. But, you know, I always admire Steve as a player, you know, and and, and, and as, a, as a person, you know. So, you know, I know about the, the story when uh, you and um, Ken Lucas got into it because I think he didn't play against us or something. Or when it happened. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. trying to bring up old no, no, stuff. No, no, I know you know what, what you're saying. saying. Like, yeah, no, nah, you, it's you like can. when it happened, I was like, man, damn, we was like in the playoff race, so we was in a race for wins, and I'm like, man, like Ken Lucas gave us problems, and I'm like, damn, you know, 
respect the kid Lucas, but he might not play this week. So, you know, we might get a win or something, you know, it might help us in the win column. But, you know, I, I just I just knew Steven Spicy, man, and like, yo, like, yo, he was um, you know, he you backed said it I was, up, man. I was on one. <laughs> yeah, you was on one, like, yo, you was on one, like, yo, when you told him ice up, like, yo, that was like the ice on the kick. I was like, damn, like, bro, really took it there. You know what I'm saying? But it was all done. You know what I'm saying? Out of respect, you know what I mean? And just for the integrity of the game. Like, you never disrespect the game. You, the youngest could look at that and say, like, my son played receiver, I'm cutting your film off. Bottom line. I appreciate it. It's, it, it's been kind of like as now that I'm done and I see, I, I go back and look at some of the yeah. stuff that I used to do. And it's like, he, he didn't say it the worst was when I, if I caught the ball on their sideline. Uh-huh. Oh, my oh. God. I was t- I talked to the whole sideline <laughs> oh as if the corner God. was not present. <laughs> yes, yes, They'd be like, bro, yes. you gonna t- how you gonna just talk about this man? No, Cause I can. <laughs> but like, I seen Steve run a squ- like like a, a square out one time against us, and I I seen it. I was standing right there on the sideline, and our defensive back like grabbed him, or, or like tried to put his hand on him. And when I say Steve like put his hand out, and like it wasn't a stiff arm, like you didn't. Like you didn't, it wasn't offensive pass in the friends, but y'all was like tangled and you pushed them and you broke left. And I just seen him flying so far back. I was like, it was like a welcome to the NFL moment for me. Like it was in our third year and I wasn't playing. Uh, I was hurt. And I was like, damn, like bro, just, he just pushed like one of our best corners like to the ground, like with one hand. And I was, it, it, I just knew like you was going to take off. He was going to be, Something special, man. But I was like, damn, but he and I same division. And that wasn't good. And Jake Del Home, I had a lot of respect for Jake Del Home yeah. too. Jake Jake did his thing. For real. Yeah. I like that. What was what was that like though for both of y'all? What was that like being on the onset of building a rivalry? I know Falcons Panthers isn't you know Packers Bears yeah. or Ravens Steelers, but what's it like both of y'all being drafted in two thousand and one, NFC South starting in two thousand and two? What's it like helping to form a, a whole division almost? I know for me, it was really interesting because we were still in that, you know, me and Vic were young, Mm -hmm. but we were also on teams that were in transition. Mm -hmm. There were guys that just were older. Yeah. And we were the younger guys, and we were supposed to just shut up and play and learn from older guys, but we didn't want to shut up and play. We wanted to be loud and play. Yeah. And Vic is doing his thing. I'm a young upcoming receiver. You got the I-85 uh, battle. Right. I mean, it was like we were, we were bad teams that was fighting for who's going to be worse. Yeah. Right? And we were trying to make the Falcons worse than us, and the Falcons were trying to make us bad. And the New Orleans Saints were the New Orleans Saints. The, obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we were kind of looked at just as the – as just two teams, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So it was, it was like, it was like two kindergartners boxing over, you know, the sandlot <laughs> yeah. when there's all these other, you know, play, right. play sets and playgrounds to play with, but we were, we were boxing. You're focused on that sandbox. Did, did my sandbox. <laughs> no, did my sandbox. <laughs> That's the truth, man. That's the truth. And I tell you, I tell you what, like, I mean, I think about the players, like both our teams is just, talented on, on both sides of the ball, you know. Yeah, I think I had, what, Steven Davis, you know, at the yeah. time, and then you get motion, you know, defense, Dan Morgan, and then I just said, I'll let you say this, then Julius Peppers, people yeah. ask mm-hmm. me who was the toughest defender that I ever had to play against in my life, and it was Julius Peppers. Wow. On that end, it was no mercy. Like, he, one thing he was not going to do, you know, was let me break and change. Like, I just, I had just had problems with a man. And it was like, so, yeah, it was like, you know, that divisional battle, like, this is a game where I know, like, I know I'm about to get hit. I know Pep ain't going to let, let me just, it's not going to be free will out here today. And, and you know, it's good interior defense alignment. Chris, um, what's the big bro name? Chris Jenkins. Jenkins yeah. Oh, man, Chris going to let, was let me hear it all game. You know, I learned, I, I learned, that I couldn't fight defensive linemen and, and all that. I, I, Chris had slammed me to the ground and I think he like pushed my head down or something. And I got up thinking I was tough and I ran into him, Steve. And I tried to. Hey, you you want to be dude, Mike. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, no. I, 
I was looking up at the ceiling though. I was looking up at the top of the stadium. I'm like, damn, I just ran into this dude. And guess what he did? He helped me up. He was like, don't do that no more. He said, don't do and that laughed no more. I said, and he laughed at me. I said, bro, like, like, that's when I realized, like, y'all have no match with none of them guys on the Yeah, you, you on, couldn't on the just run up on that. I mean, yeah, I, no, I can't I, run up. I can't run up on too many of them dudes. I think it's about that time. Just uh, take a little breather. Come back. We have to pay some bills. Um, I have to use the bathroom. And Gerard has a radio face. I love cut to it, and I I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at cut to it on Instagram. What about Twitter? At cut to it. Facebook. Cut to it featuring Steve Smith Senior. What about online? And you can follow us at cuttoitpodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. People want to hear about, continue to hear about the stories of really, you know, like I said, Mike Vick, and when you're alone with the family, there's no cameras, nothing going on. What three words would your wife use to describe you? Um, she would say, uh, caring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Honest now, honest, mm. and um, and and probably res- and respectful. Mm. Like for real, like that's what I try to be in the household. Like those three words that can define me, right here. And then I know we can wake up and you know it's it's a great day for the Vic family. You know what I'm saying? Because I I do anything for my kids. You know I you know I try to. You know, be the quarterback of the household without being too overbearing. You know, and and not always trying to call shots or send that send people in different directions. You know, um, you know, I try to be as loyal as I can and, and honest as I can be. You know, I try not to lie about all the like little stuff. Like, it's still a point. My wife know when I'm lying. You know, she know when I'm not telling the truth. So I try not to even get into that. So I even don't have to make that dumb face that she talk about. Wives are so, real good at that. Yeah, bro. Like, like, and so, so those, you know, those three things. Like, I think that's that's the best way to describe me, man. And and I'm, you know, I I try to maintain that image without looking different or being different because it's, it's noticeable when I do. 
it, it's taken me it's taken me a while to really be comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. How how comfortable are you in your own skin? Man, it's taken me a while too, man. Um, you know, just all the things that I had to, you know, go through it. I just like in in my life, you know, even at, at the quarterback position, being a black quarterback, like, you know, you got to be a certain way. You got to talk a certain way. You got to, and 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 I was at a point where I was like, yo, man, I just want to be me. Hmm. You know, so I wasn't, so I was walking around uncomfortable because I was trying to be me. You know, when I wanted to be comfortable, but it wasn't accepted. And it's like, I'm just like, I kind of look at, you know, where we are, you know, hmm. you know, and, and, and our current state as, as a country and, you know, how we fighting for certain things. And I'm just like, yo, certain things that, you know, yeah, perception matter. But, you know, when you identifying people and categorizing people, like, you you put them in a category based on you know how they communicate and how you know your personal vibe with them not you no know, not what they come around looking like you know what I'm saying like I'm never going you know stereotype or anybody you know black white and different you know what I'm saying so I that's how you find comfort within your own skin I, I feel like recently just recently I've been like you know I'm and be myself, man. Whoever accept me accept me and I, I appreciate mm. it you know I I can only that's how I'm gonna be the best version of me just being me. And, and so I was deep though, Steve. Yeah, that was deep. Straight up. For a long time, football was me and I was football. Like my whole wow. identity was wrapped around football. I didn't really believe. Yeah. You couldn't separate yourself oh, absolutely from it? not. I could not separate from myself from that. So because yeah. of football, there's a lot of times, uh, you know, I'm thankful for football, but then there's the gift and the curse. I'm thankful for it, but then I... I asked myself if I wasn't able, especially the way I grew up in education or the lack of education and the support system that I had, um, I, for a long time, I really thought I was dumb, right? And, and because I, 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 lacked some, I lacked confidence. Yeah. Right, and so. I got a good story for you for that, though. Okay. Well, do do yeah, tell me. No, cut, cut man, me off. Man, I, I dread it. We're talking about company on skin. See, I dreaded media day my first six years of my career. Why? First six? I thought, man, I thought, man, because I just felt like I was, I got more confident like year four, five, six, but man, I just felt like I, I couldn't find a word to say. Like, I kind of felt like I was dumb. Mm. Like, because there was an article written about me um, my first, my first year, because I shied away from the media. So, you know, somebody wrote like, you know, doesn't sound intelligent when you talk, you know. And then I read it and somebody in the organization told me, you know, and I was like, this shit just like bummed me out. I was like, damn, that's how they're looking at me. And I'm like, I, I already know my, I'm already insecure. I know I don't like media day. I know I hate it. I, I know I don't like talking in front of these cameras. It just ain't what I want right now. Like, and I, and I, you know, it, I grew that insecurity over the years and over the years and then, hmm. That's why I was saying when I was in prison, I was like, yo, I'm gonna embrace everything. I'm gonna embrace the media media part of it. So what I did, I started reading. I started trying to educate myself. Like, I'm in there like, yo, I'm reading books and I ain't doing it for media purposes. But I'm like, I'm just trying to keep my mind going. And I write down words and you know, obviously I can write them down, but you gotta know when to use them, you know? Yeah. But I had, more, I had enough time to just kind of like, just better myself in that area and I was, you know, when I came out, I was like, yo, I'm going to embrace that part of it. The introverted side, I'm going to try to, it's going to always be there, but I'm going to just try to open up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But then I realized, like, yo, I won't dumb. So when you, when, like, hearing you say that, I was just, you know, that's kind of part of finding yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, being comfortable in your own skin. You can just come down to the way you speak to people. It's important. I agree with you. I, I think why one of the reasons why, like, we all think we're dumb is because, like, one, we're already nervous, right? You're, yeah. already, you're already nervous talking. You already have played in your head. Um, you know, when we talk about ball or you talk about football, you know a player's comfortable because he doesn't have to think. He just reacts, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, that, and, that's, and that's when you know you're in that zone. If you have not been introduced to public speaking, yeah. Then you are stumbling over your words, you get crossed up and you get nervous and you don't want to screw up. So then what if you're saying 
Like nobody, a wide receiver running across the middle says, I don't want to drop the ball. I don't want to drop the ball. Yeah. Well, when you run across the middle and that's in your thought, you're going to drop the ball. Yeah. So when you're yeah. sitting in front of media, I don't want to sound dumb. I don't want to sound dumb. Well, you have mind blocked yourself yeah. into thinking clearly. So you maybe sound nervous or dumb. Mm-hmm. And so then now right. the media goes. Uh, they attack on that part. They attack, Oh, he is dumb. Yeah. So now yep. you got the media saying he's dumb. Then you got people thinking you're dumb, you already insecure, man, that's a, that's a recipe so of that, dumbness. And that just adds, I'm yep. assuming, I'm going to ask both, asking both of you guys, does that add more pressure to your Ooh, role? Yes. Vic, like a tea kettle. Vic, playing quarterback, does that add more pressure already being a quarterback who also happens to be black? Does that put more pressure on you? Yeah, I just felt like I, I wanted to be like – you know, I wish I could be like this guy, or I wish I could be like that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you start feeling sorry for yourself. Like, man, damn. Like, why I can't find the words to speak? And then you, know, you, you realize you realize that, like, this person in front of me asking me this question, human just like me, I learned that I'm probably educating him a little more than he educated me. And, you know, so what I know, what I've learned, let that little bit come out. Especially when it was, it was pertaining to football, it was easy. You know, it was easy to explain football, but I'm like, damn, I'm making that hard too. I'm making everything hard. Mm-hmm. So now I'm feeling this added pressure, just identity crisis. Who am I? You know, who am I now? Like fighting that, you know what I'm saying? And like, what really helped me is Arthur Blank came to me one day and he told me, he was like, man, I like the braids. I like the way it looked. Mm-hmm. I was broke right there. I was like, man, dang, thanks, Art. You know, now I know I can keep my braids, man, because that's what I want to do. I don't want everybody looking at me funny. Because I feel that, you know, I'm like, yeah. just trying to be myself, you know, but there's it, it, a lot of person coming in a lot of different forms, man. And we just, you know, so it's amazing, like what we have to deal with. And it's good that we can talk about issues like this because we might be helping somebody in the next generation come up who might be feeling the same thing. Like now they know it's, it's okay because they can listen to our platform and, and, and they know that it's real. Where would you be right now if you didn't? discover how gifted in football you were? Oh, man. Well, I, I had intentions of uh, being in the FBI. Um, I wanted to be a federal FBI agent. And I always told myself if I didn't make it because I know my road travel, I was going to have to travel. It was going to be difficult. Like, if I don't make it, you know, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the, the best FBI investigator that I can be. You know, so I had a I had a decent backup plan. I think I would have pursued that. You know, I was part of my reasoning for going to Virginia Tech um, to pursue that type of uh, career in, in criminal justice. I think I would have liked it too if I'd have been able to be into it. You know, I just always wanted to do something that I could put my heart into, and I love doing it every day. I'm like, what else would I love doing? And I don't think I'm gonna like too much, too much else. That you know, because I'm helping people. I feel like I'll be helping people and trying to make change. A lot of things I try to do now is sitting around just making change, you know, for the next generation and people who need help, you know, now. So what's your mantra that you live by now? Because I've heard you oh, say man. that you, 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 can, you can create your own destiny. Yeah. Um, like, I, I heard, like, man, I just kind of, every day I'm like, bro, you, you are what you eat. Mm. Like, so what you eat? You, anything you sending around. I'm eating success. I'm trying to find success in whatever form, like, you know, whether it's charitable, you know, whether it's some form of, you know, opportunity or obligation or if it's mm-hmm. TV, you know, I'm trying to get better every day, you know, and, and, and I can't let the people, you know, I can't let nobody come in the way of that. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if you know, if you don't have the same goals and ambitions that I have, like if we talk and, we're not on the same page, and I, I can't really be around you, you know. Um, that's why I say I'm just – I'm eating with my family, man. I'm, I'm eating, you know, self-oriented and a couple – and business relationships and corporate partners that I have. Like, those people have become, you know, good friends of mine, and we're trying to, yeah. you know, just make change in whatever we can. Like, I can't bring a lot of people with me. Can't have no tag-alongs. Can't have people who don't understand the vision. You know, um, maybe I can – pull them back in later on down the road but you know it's a lot of things that I got I got a legacy to try to protect you know I care about you know my kids and their generations of kids and, and their kids and kids and I won't ever want to go back to that you know I, I never want them to experience that 
you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Y'all, yeah, I know yeah. what I'm saying. We mm-hmm. You on, you on, you on that? Re- father, of course, I know. You on that relationship yeah. fasting? You trying to get rid of all of? Yes. You need a relationship. Yeah. You got to get rid of all yeah. the that all that's yeah. what I'm going through. That's I want a little sugar through. in my life sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. No what, are the, what are the biggest lessons you've learned about yourself then since retirement? Um, I, I learned I, I don't need necessarily. Um, I, I learned football wasn't everything. Mm. You know, it was a point in my life where I was like, yo, I, I just can't not be playing in the NFL. I just I can't see that happening. Like, it's funny because before I went to prison, I was like, I'm going to retire at 31, 32 years old. When that happened, I was like, yo, I'm playing until I'm 40. And then when I hit 35, it was a roadblock. And it was like, you know, my, I didn't feel the same. I, my, you know, I was viewed differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was older and guys wanted, they, the teams wanted younger guys. And, you know, I got kind of got caught up in that mix and just faded out. And it was cool. I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I made a decision to retire. I could have kept pursuing it, you know, 36, 37, 38. It's like, no, you know what? I'm good because I believe there's something out there better for me. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to take some time to figure it out. And, um, you know, I just wasn't I wasn't afraid to walk away. You know, I walked away with my head up high and, and feeling good about, you know, the things that I accomplished. I accomplished more than what I thought I would. Uh, so, that, so that helped. But I was like, you know what? My goal is going to be, Initially, start helping kids. You know, I might get in coaching. I might, you know, I might just run football camps and do little combines and help and, and and spread the knowledge somehow, some way. And I think that just led to other opportunities. And and you know, now get a chance to be on TV and, and talk about the game and you know try to help. You know, we know how we do, Steve. We try to help from afar. You know, we got to call yeah. out the good and the bad. It's cool. It's okay. They don't like the bad, bad though. You know, they don't like the bad, but. But we got to give them the bad. They gave us the bad. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That bad initially yeah. makes you play good. So they can't act like indirectly. This ain't something that's benefiting them. You know, so I kind of look at it like that. And not being too overbearing with it, but just, you know, we're still teaching tapes. Yeah. So, so that made it comfortable, man. It made, made me proud to, to be able to say, it made me proud to be able to say that. And then what have you learned about yourself during the pandemic? Oh, man, I learned it. I learned during the pandemic that, um, you know, family time is the best time, bro. Like, it, it's, it's truth? like we done did every, we done did everything together. <laughs> you got no family yeah. time to last a lifetime now. Man, love, love family time. And I'm like, yo, we making it, and we still happy. You know, we got enough That's to cool. keep everybody can go in their own directions and have their space, and we can all come together and do it again. Like, yo, this, this, I'm like, this, this is my crew. This, how I've realized this. Y'all, all I need for real. Mm. All I need for real. I don't need to walk around with a gang of people. I don't need to walk around mm. with, you know, I don't need friends. Like, I need y'all. I need y'all. You know, mm. I'm, that's when I'm at my best, you know, when, I, when, it's, when it's family, family oriented. So, yeah, I just, I just never knew that, you know, day, out, day in and day out, you know, we can still have a great time. Let's take a little break and come back to you in about two or three minutes. Good do it. Good do it. Let's get down to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot... And every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. 
then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. How you see forgiveness now is obviously totally different than what you yeah. thought forgiveness was, the uh, way you were raised. Yeah, I, I just thought that was like as simple as, okay, I forgive you. Don't do it again. You know, you get a second chance. You know, I always believe in second chance always. You hear that my teachers always said, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you a second chance. And, it was, you know, I never heard anybody say, I'm going to give you a third chance. Uh, you don't get that, you know, so I, I, I believe in second chances. You just don't know when you're going to need it, you know, or when it's going to be, yeah. you know, uh, at a time when you need it the most. So, like, I just thought it was that simple, but what I learned, like, the more severe, um, you know, the, the, the crime may be or the more severe you may, uh, you know, hurt or harm somebody or, or somebody who was affected by that person or that place or thing, man, forgiveness don't come easy. You know, so I, I just learned like, yo, that just that I'm not, I don't, need, I don't want a second chance. I, I'm gonna get it right the first time because people, you know, they, they may forgive, but they don't forget. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when that lingers, oh man, like we forgive you, but I ain't gonna ever forget it. So whenever they want to act up with you or they want to feel like, you know, they can judge you or, categorize you and then that's what's happening to you mm. so man just you gotta avoid that at all costs you know so we people i just learned that you know most people 90 percent of the people forgive they just know they don't forget though mike this segment we're going to go into right now is called the deep three they're a series of questions of really we just want to get behind you and know you as a person beyond your jersey beyond just the name on the back of the jersey. We want to get to know you. So, uh, Smitty, go ahead and fire off the first question. If you can put a billboard in Newport News, Virginia, with any message on it, what would it be and why? I'll put up a big billboard that say, love thy neighbor. Because, you know, even when, like, people they hurt and harm people in, in their own community. Like, and I, I grew up in those friends who grew up together who would have hurt, harm, and kill one another. And I'm like, man, like, yo, if we just all, like, mm. just honored the person, you know, honored your neighbor or, or your peer, like, if people understood that concept, then, like, really not that much altercation going on in the world, like, I think. I mean, it is. It is, because we make it that way. You know, it's several situations that cause conflict in in communities man and you know for one it's just too many people trying to do the same thing and, and then you know like it's just no loyalty or no respect but if everybody went their own separate way and had their own goals and agendas then you know they easier said than done it i think you know it will have a higher success rate more success stories but people just fall into that trap and don't have no respect for one another mm. You know, I, I, you know, young young kids, and you know, even with the adults, it's just sometimes the level of disrespect is just way too great. It's just far too great. And then you hear about sad stories, and like, damn, where where the integrity go? So we're trying to change that, but like, on that neighbor. Mike, how impactful can a second chance be? Second chance can change a person's life. It happened to me. That's why I'm starting my my own prison reform program um, to help, you know, incarcerated felons, men and women, with their reentry back into society, 
you know, found out through a friend who just finished up 26 years for a crime he didn't do. Um, wow. And coming home to hardships, you know, and, and not complaining about it. And I'm just like, mm. these people need, they need help. You know, they need help. You know, obviously, I found out transportation and housing is what's most important. And then they need assistance, a little assistance after that. So I'm trying to create some programs and I'm partnering with programs that can help, you know, in that regard. But, <clears throat> you know, I just know what, it, what, what that second chance to do, you know, like guys come out and they're felons and they, that's their label and never, it never goes away and their life is never the same. The MV7 prison reform program will be targeting youth, um, men and women, you know, just trying to help them with their re-entry back into society. And, you know, it's not always easy. They don't have platforms you know, like I had, you know, they don't have people in their corner um, to give them that second chance. So, you know, we're trying to create that second chance opportunity and, you know, hopefully we'll see that, you know, the success stories are, are, are you know, far greater than what they are now. Because I just, I just know that they just need a chance. You know, once you get that felony tag, like everything kind of goes out the window and then, you know, it's just no real opportunity in life and that's not fair. Mm, um, so, yeah. so I, I think, uh, you know, my initiative, you know, is the social reform um, is to, you know, I want to attach myself to things that, that, that my heart is really going to be into. And other social, you know, um, justice programs as well. Um, but this one is where I really can have an impact. My heart can be into it. And it's because it happened to me, you know, getting the second chance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had resources. And then these resources can um, be presented to these felons, men and women, and, and help them, you know, hopefully go off and, and do some greater things. You know, we all struggle with things. And I, I heard this and I, I wrote it down. And I thought it was extremely impro uh, appropriate for you because you have overcome a ton of things. And so struggling, I heard this, struggling is successfully not giving up. So what have you struggled with that you haven't dealt with yet? Um, yeah, I, I think... Um, probably still certain, you know, insecurities and just trying to, you know, continue to be um, trustworthy, man. Um, mm. I don't trust a lot of people. I just be married a lot with a lot of people and, and it's um, almost to a point where it's, it's like, you know, I be thinking about friends and I'm like, damn, do I, like, it's so deep. I'm like, man, do I even really need friends? Who do I need to talk to every day if I, you know, if I want to just get something off my chest or if I want to explain something to somebody, like, who can I really trust? You know what I mean? Because that mm -hmm. has been broken so many times. Like, I'm in, in the simplest situations in the, in the, the, the wildest forms. Like, I can't understand why, you know, people make the decisions to do some of the things they do. And, and you, I, I just like, yo, damn, that person really wasn't for me. He really don't care. Like, yo, I gave him the world. I, I did so much for him. And that, look how you look at me now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I'm like, yeah. that's through years and years and years of, you know, um, developing a friendship and, and giving and making sure people was like, you know, taken care of and they able to feed their families. And then, you know, sometimes you, they look back at you and they be like, yo, wait, I guess they feel like you ain't do enough. And you're like, damn, I did. I didn't have to do anything. You know, so I'm like, damn, how am I supposed to trust when somebody say, yo, this is my boy, that's my friend? Because I've just been told by some of the people that I love the most, like, that's just not the case sometimes. And I'd be like, all right, so if that's how life is, and that's how life is. But I don't, I don't really trust people like that. So that's what I've been dealing with, man. And, and I don't think it's going to change. I think it's going in the, it's, it's not going in the, in the, the right direction. You know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. going in the direction that I wanted to go in, and I wanted to flow in. Where like yo, I can control the crowd around me. Man, I I just appreciate your time, absolutely, um, and we appreciate it. And um, this has been bothering me for probably about thirty, uh, probably about ten years now. So just yeah. bear with me. Yeah, we were beating y'all here in Carolina. Uh, it was uh, the game was going on. It was it was a four fifteen game. And we were beating y'all. You were trying to scramble, and you came out of bounds um, on our yeah. sideline. And I looked straight at you, and I said something. And I took a shot at you verbally. Yeah. 
And I and I'm not gonna say what it was, but you know what it was, and I want to tell you, bro. Um, it's taken me ten years. I've been waiting for this opportunity, and I and I kind of tiptoed around, even just telling you, man. I I was out of pocket, and I and I'm sorry, and I appreciate um, the way you handled it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you, see, this how this this how I look at it, bro. Because I, I no, no, hold exactly. on, hold on, hold on, hold oh, on. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But I took something, and I came at you in a way that, for my standard, it was inappropriate, and it was in, and I shouldn't have. And I've been waiting for this opportunity just to, to apologize, and so I want to tell you I apologize, and I'm sorry Thank I you. said it that way because I looked you in your eye when I said it. And we're not physically next to each other, but I also want to have the opportunity to tell you the same way I said it is, I was wrong, dog. Yes. So I, I, yes. I just wanted to tell you that because, you know, even preparing for this, it kept coming back in. The Lord kept just telling me, so you're not going to say nothing this time? Because when we was at the PA, I wanted to say something, but I yes. couldn't. And then because everybody was always around us. And right. So, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure, man, that I, I, I didn't miss the opportunity that the Lord has been kind of giving me. And yeah. because I feel like this is the last time, like, look, we're in this pandemic, we're sitting around. You just never know. You, 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 man, hey, step up or shut up, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and my mantra, even with my, my business and my foundation and even with my family is, man, 2020 is about tightening up. And so yeah. I got to tighten up myself. So I can't tell my folks that I'm, I'm paying or, the children that I'm guiding or, or, or the leadership role that guys put me in for me not to tighten up myself, man. So I just wanted to tell you that because you deserve that, that apology. And, 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 and I need to humble myself, man. So I just wanted to make sure that I, I, I didn't miss this opportunity. And I, I appreciate that, Steve. You know I do. And, and that's the reason you're talking. But look, I, I've had a feeling that that was going to come out today. <laughs> um, but, but see, let, let me just say this, bro. Like, I know the type of competitor you was. And I'm not taking nothing away from what you said because you know. I, I feel like what you said was, no, it was we winning, we finally winning. Like, yo, and 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 I'm like, you know, I don't we didn't really know each other personally yeah, at the time, yeah. but yeah. I, I kind of like knew of you and I and so when you said it, I was like, yo, like he mean, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, like, <laughs> like, he, I'm like, yo, he oh he mean, he really mean. And, 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 and after he the game, so let, me, let me so look, let me tell you the true story, and this how I really feel about this. All right, so Steve, you say what you say. I throw an interception on purpose to end the game. I say I gotta go talk to Steve one on one. You know what I'm saying? So this is what I do. I walk up to Steve and I say, Steve, if you ever call me out my name again. Me and you gonna have it on the 50 yard line. Something like that, Steve, right? Yeah. And then, and, but I know, so look, I know Steve and I'm like, yo, I, I'm probably gonna, he probably gonna try to haul off and hit me. You know what I'm saying? But, and I was prepared, I was like, damn, like, I, I'm taking a risk with this man. This like, you know, this, I know, I know his reputation, but I felt like I had to do it as a man. But when you step back, and you looked at me, I knew in your heart, I knew you didn't really mean that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it wasn't, we just both backed up away from each other and was like, okay, was expecting then, the other person yeah, to swing. Yeah, he gonna jump bad? Yeah, he gonna jump bad? expecting the other person. Yeah. And, and, that was, and that wasn't the case. Like, I, I didn't get that from him. And, and, and then we seen each other like, uh, like two months later at the Pro Bowl. Cause I was like, oh man, we gotta go to the Pro Bowl. I, yeah. <laughs> I think the same. <laughs> I'm like, yo, look, man, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not here. I ain't trying to that. fool with this dude. Well, we got our families and, I, and my whole my, yeah. um, a mantra, my mantra is straight up. You can beat me up when I ain't with my family, but I ain't catching no ass <laughs> in front of my kid, right? You gonna have to yeah. kill me in front of my kid, cause I can't yeah. be a parent. Can't go down like that. I can't nah. be a parent. Yeah, yeah, no, sir. My oldest, my oldest yeah. don't respect me. Yeah. Man, yeah. Vic, what your ass? Shut up, pop. In front of me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, after that first practice, when we all, you know, I had to be, yo, what up, everybody? Dap up. And I was just like, yo, I right, ain't gotta worry about that no more. Like I was relieved. I was like, yo, I don't, I don't want no drama with my man for real. And then like just. Over the years, you know, you just grown to respect you and just yeah. love you as a brother, man. You know what I'm saying? Like the last two years, I spent the time at the symposium and speaking when we went to Houston and doing little stuff together. It was like, yo, I just always felt like, yo, that's that's my man, like for real. And 
you know, we can say we got a friendship for a lifetime, dog. Yeah. You always got a brother in me, and that's 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 the cool part about this whole thing. Man, I, I, I appreciate it. I I tell you another story though. We had a Chantilly, Chantilly. Uh, oh yeah. Man, we had an autograph signing, and most of the time, mm -hmm. I struggle um, in public, like with big events. I get yeah. really yeah. Um, so many sweaty. people. Yeah. I get yeah. I, I get real ang I get heavy anxiety. Yeah. And so for me is I kind of keep that persona mm -hmm. of don't don't you know, I have the uh a lot of women say resting blank face yeah. like they don't want you know, they don't want creeper guys to approach them. So I have that same yeah. face in public like I don't want to be I don't want to be He's called something with. else. I I, yeah, I got you. I got resting don't approach me face. <laughs> yeah. And, man, I'm in Chantilly which is in Virginia. Man, they got a private, so I do private signings. Mm -hmm. I used to do private signings mainly because it was easy. I do the signings, get off, I'm out. Yep. But they had some people pay for public signings where they had a line. Well, lo and behold, my slot time is damn right next to Michael Vick's slot time. It's in Chantilly, Virginia. <laughs> you in Virginia, right. You, I'm in VA. You in his stomping ground. Bro, they got like 10 people in my line. They got like 150 people. Yeah waiting to get a Michael Vick autograph. But I ain't did a damn public <laughs> signing since. You know that? Mike, Mike ran me out the business. You ran me out the, well, part, part of my strategy, but the other part is, nah, man, I was Mike like, you know you what? Out. I ain't doing these public signings. Man, this is some bull crap. I ain't doing this no more. And I ain't never did a public. Chantilly has asked me every time, Nah. nah, that Michael Vick line <laughs> got me scared. Nah, I'm good. Man, I have not man, been to Chantilly hey. since. Hey, you, hey, Steve, you need to get on him now. There's a lot of money in that business, man. I know. A lot of money I, in that business. I, I'm, I'm about, I, my signature is pretty much almost another, probably another year. My signature is out of circulation. You're you, you going to let it re hit its peak. No, when you hit the Hall of Fame. When all that all come back, it ain't going to be no signatures. So you're going to have to pay top dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I want to no get doubt. that Michael oh, Vick right. line. <laughs> yes. That's the part of the man. Oh, yes. That's when it's going to come in heavy, too. Oh, Let man. me get that Michael Vick right. line. I want that Steve right. Smith line. Right. We really appreciate your yeah, time, man. man. We kept you. Um, no doubt. Man, we, just, we appreciate you just being transparent, sharing your story. And just telling us everything about Michael Vick, the football player. But man, I love it though. Michael if Vick's it's okay man. to the Michael Dwayne Vick, the NFL yes. football player, but also the man. I got Sim, I got Sim Bill, uh, Sim Vick. He gonna send me a bill because you know we had a little council session just to discuss the. <laughs> the lack of confidence that we have in ourselves as athletes and we're on this stage and he was butt naked. Mm -hmm. He was in his birthday suit because yeah. he bared it all. In terms of his vulnerability. It's his vulnerability instead of trying to be big and bad and, you know, man, I'm Mike Vick. He was like, nah, this is who I am. One thing that sticks out for me is perception versus reality. I remember Mike Vick, he's, he's one of the guys that when I was in high school, everybody wanted to be like Mike Vick. And perception back then when I was 17, 18, is that, man, this is a guy that is totally confident in himself. Like, Untouchable. I, I wish I was like that because I found myself having that same thing. Am I good enough? Mm. He was going through the same thing. And this is a guy that MVP candidate, cover of Madden, all these different accolades that we could roll off. He just told us he struggled with, I think people think I'm dumb. Mm. Am I good enough? All these. And even now at 40, I'm dealing with insecurities. Man, makes him feel as normal as I am, and so yeah. it's just it it normal. And all of us go through go through that. Whether you're an athlete, a banker, uh, you in ministry, I don't care. Like we all go through that same thing of, yeah. am I good enough? Yeah. And it's just a constant battle every day that I think you have to go past. Yeah. Cut to it with Steve Smith Senior. That is me is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, 
Talent and Booking Manager, Joe Fushi. Social Media Manager, Peyton Smith. From Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter. With production assistance by Alex Labreck. Production Manager, Sarah Pollock. Theme music by Alex Johnson. Lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't give Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.